Hey, flush the toilet. Too busy to flush. Hey everybody, welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thanks for being here. This is our podcast as a married couple where we invite you into our lives as we raise four children and navigate a world where people are weird and hard for the most part. And I've had a couple people tell me, like my brother, and dumb. Weird and hard and dumb. <laughs> true. I don't know that I'm going to put that in the show per se, but... I get what you're going for. So anyway, um, yeah. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Pretty good. It's Friday afternoon. You guys, the kids are doing art with their grandma. We had a pretty good school week. Got all of our schoolwork done as far as I can tell, which is pretty amazing. And the kids actually really buckled down this week and did stuff without a lot of chasing around which was nice our lives were so chaotic all of october that i feel like we needed a reset in order to just have kids who could focus sitting down at a table for having a week where life is just normal life is normal like for me anyway for having a week where i can like get into the studio and actually get some work done on a Monday through Friday basis and be like, no, I could go out and work on that in the yard, but I'm not going to because I'm going to save that for the weekend has been just delightful. But I'll tell you what, and I know I've told you this already, but our listeners don't know this daylight savings time messed me up. I can't sleep past six or six thirty anymore. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It doesn't matter how late I stay up. I'm just like, Ooh, I'm awake. Let's go do something. Yeah. I, uh, I heard the other day that because of how it messes with people's circadian rhythms, incidences of stroke and cardiac events, both in the spring and the fall, go up. Because hmm. your body so depends on the regularity of your circadian rhythm that the the, the struggle is real. And uh, I don't know when you recover, but there's something like a 25% increase of emergency room visits, not from like alcohol related things and things like that, but from nervous system and circulatory system issues related to just having to reset your clock, your your body clock by an hour in either direction, which is pretty crazy. And also, uh, I know there are people who are diehard fans of how we get the extra daylight and, uh, there are people who are diehard fans just because of the fact that they hate changing their clocks and screwing with their schedules and stuff. But there's also a scientific argument for uh, for not messing with how our bodies function. Did you? Speaking of time, I learned this week through the kids at school. Do you know how our time zones we've got eastern standard time central standard time mountain standard time and pacific standard time that s do you know where that came from and how the time zones developed no i will give you a very quick rundown i didn't know the history of time zones either but uh this is going to be a shout out to our friend sam who is a train guy because it was the railroads that required the need for time zones and it was a railroad engineer, a Canadian railroad engineer, who actually invented the, the standardized time that we use really? today. So 
in the 1870s, the Transcontinental Railroad was completed. And then shortly thereafter, which was a crazy feat, like 20,000 people worked on building a railroad from the east to the west and the west to the east. And it went from a journey of several months by stagecoach or by boat all the way around the tip of South America to go from the east coast to the west coast to a five-day train trip and completely changed the way people thought about time and space in America. Because if you've ever done a road trip across America, you know that it's huge, even when you can travel at 70 miles an hour in an automobile. And so we went from riding by as fast as a horse could go, is the fastest you could go across the country, to a railroad, which also increased, so it increased the speed, it increased the numbers of people who were going back and forth across the country, and it increased the number of goods that were being shipped back and forth across the country, which meant that our economy was able to grow. With the number of people going from city to city, before that, time was set. You know, each city had its big clock tower, and noon was when the sun was the highest in its sky in the sky in that city. So noon for New York City was a little bit different than noon for Boston. And noon for Minneapolis was a little bit different than noon for Chicago. And noon for Billings is a little bit different than noon in Kalispell. And noon in Sacramento was, you know, 15 minutes different than noon in Seattle. that, like, this, I've never thought about this. And I'm sure one of our nerdy listeners would know. Um, Would that... So that would change all the time. So, so the city. Because the sun, even though, even yes. though, the, even though this, the ro- Earth, uh, even though we got the rotational aspects of both the Earth and us going around the sun and the galaxy, it would actually change the sun's the actual time yeah. the sun is up in the sky is different every single day. I correct? I am not sure. Or is if, it always there? I don't know if noon when the sun is the highest in the sky would be the same. On would be standard now versus. July. Right. I don't know. But I do know that each city Somebody help us out supposedly <laughs> said that we could probably just Google it, but we're not going to because we're modern Americans and ignorance is. I'd rather have our kidding. listeners be awesome. So so each city, you know, Boston and New York, where everybody was telling time by the city clock. And what what became a huge challenge was. They would communicate via telegram and say, we're leaving New York City in the train at noon and we'll be in Chicago. Uh, You know, I have no idea how long a train takes, Mm -hmm. took then to get from Chicago, from New York to Chicago. But I'm going to guess maybe like 30 hours, you know, 30 hours from now. But they wouldn't say 30 hours from now. They would say... So at, you know, they would calculate 30 hours from noon in in New York City. And people would miss the train because there was no standard way of telling time. There was no way to know when the train was actually going to arrive and take off. So does this, and because there's time zones throughout the globe now. Right. So was, Canadian railroad engineer came up with the idea of dividing the earth into 24 slices. And each slice. So this is Canada's contribution to the globe, to the, to the world. Let's the world say, history. let's say this is the railroad's contribution. <laughs> Sorry but to it was any a Canadian, Canadian listeners. That did it. Uh, so, so he came up with the idea of dividing the globe into 24 slices. 
then the United States would be four of those slices, and each of those slices would have a standardized time that they would set their clocks by. And so even though noon is a little bit different in New York from Boston, all of the Eastern Standard Time would be standardized according to that one definition of noon. And then because of the curvature of the earth and whatnot, then that each of those slices would be on its own time. I wonder if someone was traveling and decided, okay, this is close. It's close enough to this westernmost city. So we'll include this city in that time zone. I don't know. I mean, like, we've got the, this Canadian. Come up with the well, it was it was this Canadian guy, right? He's sitting on the North Pole. I mean, Pole well, they've had going, charts. They've had sun know. like sundials have been. We've had charts yeah. showing. So, so I don't know much more years. about this because this was two pages in the kids' story of the world history book. But it is really. I've never thought about where the S in standard time comes from, and it be, it was because they needed a standardized time in order because the speed of travel necessitated being able to be on the same time or know relative to another time zone what time you were on. So the S in standardized comes from that need instead of living by the sun, which is what people did for years before that. It also so happened that the standardized time came out at about the same time as Edison invented the light bulb and started working to electrify cities, which the undertaking of that, when you really pause and think about it, is absolutely wild. Like, think about New York City or Chicago. Every shop, every home, every building is lit by candle or lantern. And you are proposing running wires into every single home that has already existed in order to like convince people to have this magical thing that just flips on and off and apparently people were terrified that that they would explode on them yeah or and, it would emit radiation that would that would bust our brains and and so throw our bodies off i mean it does throw our bodies off but but so there were the first store in Chicago, in philadelphia that hopped on board and went all electric light bulb People wouldn't shop at it for a while because they were afraid they were gonna. It was gonna blow up on them. Oh, that's funny. Um, but that created the ability for people to ignore their circadian rhythm and to work past dark. Basically, everybody from time memorial before that, the sun went down, and you either bumbled along for a little while by candlelight or lantern, or you went to bed, and then the sun came up. And it woke your body up and you got up and started working. That again. sounds like a great way to live life. Do you go to bed when it gets dark? It it is actually awesome. It is actually what a lot of health influencers say your body is designed um, to do. There's a guy that I follow in the Seattle area who actually does that. And which means he believes that also as in the winter your body needs more sleep. And so he basically tries to go to bed with the sun. And get up with the sun every day. Good luck trying to pull that off in Alaska. <laughs> you uh, didn't get anything done. Yeah, like you just. True. I think I think to a, to an extent, some of it is good, and probably elements of it can be a lot healthier. What but do to you, do a wholesale lifestyle like that is just. What do you need it? You you you'd end up moving. You'd move to an area where you could get, or you, you wouldn't get any sleep function. if you were down. I wonder what. 
old-time Eskimos and Native Alaskans did all winter. I mean, they still had to hunt for food and stuff in the couple hours of daylight that they had, but I'm curious what life looked like in... Because people have lived in the Arctic Circle for ages. Yeah, I don't think it was that many, though. That's true, but I wonder, what they, live, I wonder would, what they did all day in the dark. You would, you would go... You would live somewhere where life is easier and you could get more done or something like that. Like I, You know, some of these things make sense, and then it's like you think about how, how it would, you would function. It's like, well, actually... You wouldn't continue to choose to live there. I mean, how many people started homesteads? I don't know homesteads? how many of them moved south. I don't know either. But how many people started homesteads and like, this is hard. I can go move in, live in the city instead. Yeah. There were a lot you of know? people that went home. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so anyway, that was not on my list of things to discuss today. You guys, last night I was, um, I was, uh, we are getting ready for bed. And I'd had something run through my head like twice yesterday. I thought, oh, instead of texting Molly, and I've said this before, instead of texting Molly or telling her right away, I'll save it for the show because it'd be, it'd be, it could be relatively inter, inter, interesting um, podcast content. And I don't even remember and what it's it gone. was yesterday. Okay, I'm going to run through a laundry list of things, and then I'm going to go turn the oven on to bake the rolls that I'm making. But you're coming back, right? Yes, I literally am okay. going to go... Just in case people are like, wait, she's leaving? I'm not going to listen to the show anymore. Uh, So Rachel on our Telegram channel shared uh, the Grey Havens album, Hymns album they just released. Have you listened to it at all? Mm. It's super good. I like the Grey Havens, though. They released an album of hymns, and the, the headliner hymn, I think the one that the album is named after, is Come Behold, The Wondrous Mystery, which is a Boswell and Papa Papa, Matt Papa, Papa, yeah, uh, him, Boswell. modern him, but, uh, their version, they've got come thou fount, be thou my vision, uh, come behold the wondrous mystery. And, uh, Titus was complaining last night on the way to judo that the girls, there's also a couple of Christmas hymns on it. Oh, come, oh, come Emmanuel and joy to the world. He was complaining that the girls get on these these streaks of loving a particular musician and they listen to it until he's ready to throw up when he thinks about the song and I'm af- there. after your cousin after their cousins were here this summer they listened to austin french ad nauseum they're currently listening to ledger who is the drummer uh-huh. the drummer in skillet jen ledger yeah and, you guys they're still listening oh that's her last name oh yeah, i didn't know that jen ledger um we have a judo playlist, and when I originally created a judo playlist, it had all those like anth rock and rock anthems to jack you up and get you energized and ready to roll, you know. And the kids have turned and the everybody's fights over it. So on the, my original intention was like, this is what we're listening to. I choose the music, and you listen to this on the way to and from judo. No fighting about music. And then it turned into okay, you guys can each select a song. And the person in the front seat... Oh, you have your playlist. No, you guys can... We have our list. You guys each get two songs on the list, or three songs in this case. You guys each get three songs on the list. And um, three songs on the list, and no... uh, And there's no fighting. We listen to it It there, shuffle, and then we're back. I'm going to change the rule again, because, like... Was that? uh, Nine songs? Um, Six out of the nine are either Ledger or Austin French. (laughs) Because and each girl I am chose to. just, and on the way, I took Elise to Bozeman 
you guys for uh, a dental uh, dental follow up appointment, and she we listened to the audiobook a ton, but all she'd listened to was Ledger and or Skillet, nonstop, and I I I was done. Like I there's one thing to listen to an artist a lot, like maybe once every couple of days you're listening to the new. That's a good record. I'm listening to that record again. Listen to that record again, but to do it in a cyclical, repetitive fashion. Like over and over and over again, the same song. I just want to shoot myself in the head. <laughs> so I told, that's exactly what Titus was complaining about. And I was like, I am probably going to listen to this Grey Havens album until you feel that way about it. <laughs> so maybe, maybe not. But I tend to do that when I find an album I like. I listen to it for a lot and then I get tired. Of oh, I do behind. too. And there's still albums that I still love listening to, but there's something to be said. But I don't, I'm not listening to them quite literally on repeat over and yeah, over the and over same again. four or five songs you know it's like normally i'll go i'll listen to this record and then i'll go do something and i'll put the record on again and a day or two later i'm driving yeah. somewhere i'll put the record on you know yeah yeah so anyway so check out the new gray havens song if you haven't or album it's called come behold the wondrous mystery if you're a kind of unplugged acoustic type of person you might really like it uh, for our Wednesday night class that we teach at church, I we bring have to bring snacks for the third graders every week, and I was particularly pleased with the snack that I put together this last Wednesday. It was like a s'mores trail mix sort of thing with chocolate chips and marshmallows, but instead of graham crackers or golden grams, I used pretzels. And the sweet salty of, at least for me, I don't really care what the third graders thought, <laughs> but for me, the sweet salty was a great combination instead of just sweet, 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 sweet. So it, it it's not going to store well because the marsh moisture in the marshmallows <clears throat> will make the pretzels. Well, no, it's mushy. actually, it, what actually, it kind of seemed like it worked the other way. The pretzels sucked the moisture out of the marshmallows and made the marshmallows oh. hard. Well, anyway, um, the but kids, if you're the, just some of the, the kids moment. loved the pretzels. Other kids were like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not really actually that interested in what the kids thought. I mean, they can take or leave. But we do have, like we do have, um, a record or a, we're getting a reputation of, well, Molly's getting a reputation of having interesting snacks. Um, they're talked about. Molly's snacks are talked about. With yeah, kids and their parents at church. Yeah, one kid. I don't think I've brought zucchini cookies before, but he reported to his mom that I brought zucchini cookies, so I must have. And you couldn't you even did. taste the zucchini; they were good. <laughs> and she was like, "Thank you for feeding the my pumpkin child." Pumpkin ones, some people would take a bite. Ooh, the, oh, I want another one I, of those. I did. I don't think we brought pumpkin cookies. The, yeah, for our... the orange ones. Did we bring those for yeah. Wednesday night? Yeah, we've had we've had zucchini something or other for Wednesday. Okay, night. all right. Anyway, I don't. Have we shared Lily's pumpkin cookie recipe on here? It's a Mel's Kitchen Cafe, which is like all of our recipes. I think we shared but, a couple weeks ago. But anyway, look we up. need to be. What I, you guys, I'm really bad. Like I'm gonna start. This is what I'm starting this week. Is that uh, I'm cross posting dedicated recipes that we mention, dedicated things, and all the stuff on the website. So you guys don't. So if we mention something, you don't have to go. Where'd that go? Um, Molly was. What were you poking around for the other day? A sermon. You were trying to find a sermon. We yeah. mentioned <laughs> the sermon link. And it wasn't, well, the reason you didn't link the sermon is because it's not on their website. It's only on Apple Podcasts. Oh. Well, maybe that's not the reason, but that's actually the true. Uh, so I actually hold that thought about that sermon because in looking for it, I clicked on the church's website, the, what I, I was like, well, I don't know, maybe... 
because it's an interesting model at the this church that we visited on our way home from Fairmont and the Top House uh, concert in September. I knew the date that we were there because it was the day after we went to the Top House concert and I looked it up on our calendar and the pastors, there's two lead pastors and they alternate preaching each week, but they don't preach the same series. They preach different series. And so I'm not sure what the other pastor, so this, the pastor we heard is preaching through the book of Revelation and the other pastor is preaching through, say, Ephesians. I don't think he is right now, but that's one that I saw on their website. So Normally, you'd get a Revelation sermon, an Ephesians sermon, Revelation, Ephesians, Revelation, Ephesians. But in this particular case, the pastor we heard preached three weeks in a row, and the one that we were there for wasn't on the pod, wasn't on their website. So, but I was like, well, I don't know, maybe they labeled the date wrong. So I clicked on a different one and wanted to listen far enough into it to see if I recognized it. And by the time I knew that I didn't recognize it, I was so hooked, I had to finish the sermon anyway. And I'm going to pause right there and go turn the oven on for my Hawaiian rolls that I'm baking for dinner tonight. Okay, the next pause is in 10 minutes when the oven is hot enough for me to go put the rolls in. But then I have to do an egg wash on them so they're shiny on the top. They're cute. <sighs> so anyway, uh, so I listened to this sermon on the book of Revelation and I will have JR link it in the show notes if I can remember uh, to send it to him after we're done. But golly, he is just such a good preacher and he's preaching revelation in such a relevant way. I, a friend of mine sent me a couple of sermons on Ecclesiastes that I need to go listen to, but then I think I'm going to try to listen to more of these revelation sermons. But so the passage he's preaching on is where it's, I think it's Revelation 9, and John is given this vision, and then he's told to eat this scroll. And he eats it, and it tastes good in his mouth, and then it is bitter in his stomach. And he doesn't explain that, apparently, in that passage. You get the explanation for it later. But um one of the points, there were a couple of things that were really interesting that I took away from the sermon. One of the points was he was talking about, he referenced a pastor who had written a book and I don't, I don't think he actually mentioned the name of it. So I can't follow up with that. You're just going to have to listen to the sermon and figure out if you know this book and pastor, but this pastor had written a book about how he had started toning down his preaching on God's wrath uh, as as a, what, as modern pastors do. I mean, not, not necessarily just modern. I mean, that's been happening for a long time, right? It It is considered offensive. It is considered not welcoming. What, for whatever reason, uh, he was toning down in his own heart as well as in his preaching his both belief in as well as his willingness to talk about the fact that God is just and in his justice punishes evil and he is justly angry at evil. And what was super interesting was this pastor said, a couple of years later, I realized that I had become a very angry person myself. 
And it was because there was no, there was no cosmic justice. It was up to me. And so, or it felt up to me. And so there, there's no trust or rest in the idea that when God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. First of all, he's promising that there is justice in the world. And the older I get, and the more life I've lived, the more I realize there really doesn't feel like on this earth, the good people can bring justice to the evil people in every circumstance. I mean, whether it's I mean, just think through history, like Hitler was not punished in this life for what he did. None of the bad guys of the 20th century, Stalin, Mao, did did they get what was coming to them? Absolutely not. (laughs) There's no way that someone who is that evil, even if they were given the death penalty, even if they were and I'm not I'm not advocating this even remotely, even if they were tortured to death they would not get what is coming to them because of the tremendous amount of evil that they had done. On a smaller scale, you know, you you read about on a regular basis, well, if you read the right kind of media, there are certain kinds of media, I'm not going to say the right kind, um, criminals in the United States who are let out because the jails are too full or the judge thinks it's bad to put people in jail for X, Y, and Z or whatever, you know, so then this person gets out and they either are drunk driving or they are in a robbery and they murder someone. You read a lot of stories about that. And the parents are, you know, like say this college girl is murdered because of X, Y, or Z by an illegal immigrant who was in jail for armed robbery and then got out and you know there's stories like that that abound in modern america and these parents heartbroken parents are like if only true justice had been executed this person wouldn't have been out on the streets and couldn't have done this harm to my parent to my child or to my spouse or to whatever and in this world we cannot and will not see perfect justice and so we have two options we can either get real angry And it still doesn't do much. Or we can take God saying vengeance is mine as a stand down order, not to not pursue justice insofar as it depends on us, but in order to say I've I've done as much as I can do. And now I will leave it to the Lord and I will rest in his promise of being good and of being just. And as much as it hurts me in the moment I will stand down from trying to be the executor of justice on my own, uh, which is only going to lead to a futile, raging anger. So I'd, I'd never really thought in those terms, though, before that a progressive, and to hear it from a pro, well, somebody who was moving in the direction of being a progressive pastor, that he recognized that it made him a very angry person to not really trust that God was, this was just <clears throat> the pastor you listened to. No, the pastor the, I listened pastor to was citing he, he was a book. He was, he was citing a book that he yeah. had read. And I don't know what that book was. And I don't, I think I remember him bringing up that book at a different sermon too. Uh, yeah, the, 
he referenced several books in this in this next sermon that I listened to. Uh, the other thing that was super interesting. So he's talking about what it means to eat this word, eat this scroll. And he said, essentially, it means when you eat food, your body absorbs it and it becomes a vital part of who you are. So when God is commanding you and he does this, I think in Ezekiel too, he, the Brian, the pastor that was preaching mentions the old Testament context for this. But when God says, eat this word, he's saying, ingest this and make it so much a part of you that it changes who you are. So, you know, we say you are what you eat and Brian doesn't say this in the sermon, but like literally when you eat food with certain nutrients, they become a part of your cellular structure in your body and they influence you for good or for ill. So he's saying, take these words of mine, take the word and Brian expands it to say the word of God, all of scripture, consume it so much and so regularly that it becomes a part of every fiber of your being. And he, I, I did text you these statistics that he said one of the really interesting uh, set of data points that he's come across recently is if, if you are, if you call yourself a Christian and you attend weekly or as weekly as possible worship services, your chance of divorce, now I'm I'm going to actually look up the statistic I sent you because I can't remember exactly what the numbers were. And I know I sent it to you. You did. Um, um. <clears throat> okay. If you call yourself an evangelical Christian and you attend worship weekly, you are 35% less likely to divorce than a person who is purely secular. But, and this is the wild statistic. If you call yourself an evangelical Christian and you don't regularly attend worship services, then you are 20% more likely to divorce than somebody who is purely secular. So that Brian said, so, so what we get from this is a little bit of religion is actually bad for you. You need to make it a part of who you are. And he cited another statistic that this, that same, uh, the same inverse proportion holds true for domestic violence. So if you call yourself an evangelical Christian and you attend weekly worship services, you are uh, dramatically less likely to experience domestic violence. If you call yourself an evangelical Christian and you only sporadically attend worship services, you are in the highest risk category for domestic violence, which is absolutely bonkers. So people who call themselves Christians and don't attend church are the most likely to be victims of de- or perpetrators of domestic violence of any demographic in the United States. That is bonkers to me. But it really does drive home the case that if you're going to claim these truths you better be making them a very deep part of every fiber of your being. Or, you know, as Paul says in Romans about the Jews, it is to no benefit and added actually to your disadvantage to know the truth and to walk away from it or to not be living it out. Better to not have ever known. And, I mean, we're obviously 
big on being committed to church. But I've been thinking about that idea alongside, how do I frame this thought? Just in the world that we live in today is so upside down and so wild and so unpredictable that, um, you know, I think that especially we as parents or me, I'm not going to project this on you. We want to be prepared for all the, uh, all possible situations in terms of, so here's particularly in this, I had a friend text me or send me an Instagram video this week. And apparently I did not, I did not fact check this, but apparently some important dude, some powerful dude in Iran has declared war on the United States. Basically, like, we we support, so we are Hezbollah. So maybe the head of Hezbollah. <laughs> They're declaring war on the states all the time. I know. We're, so we're Hezbollah. <laughs> we're aligned with Hamas, and we are supporting Hamas. And uh, we support the pure destruction of Israel. And if America is pouring resources into the defense of Israel, therefore, we are at war with America. I don't know functionally what that means for everyday Americans. I think that it's not surprising. I also, quite frankly, have gone... <laughs> think about, like, the way my worldview... I'm not going to say you. I'm not going to rope you into the crazy, the tinfoil hat crazy. But the way my understanding of the way global politics work has evolved since we started this podcast... <laughs> In 2020, we started before COVID even started, you know, and now uh, news comes out that there's a lab in Montana that had the, you Wuhan know, virus. the Wuhan virus a year before it came. It escaped from the Wuhan lab. <laughs> and I'm like, didn't have to escape from the Wuhan lab. It could have escaped from escaped the Bitterroot Valley lab, Bitterroot which Valley, baby. that lab was actually, I, I saw that on a, it looked like a. It's over uh, by your parents' friends in the clouds place. Yeah, it, it is, actually. And where Marcus Daly of the Copper King Empire had his, his ranch and horse facility. So, yeah, and I saw, I, it looked like a tabloid headline where I read it. Mm -hmm. And so I did some Googling, and they actually, it's a federal disease, infectious disease research facility. And it was established because all of these people were, and I can't remember when this was, all these people were getting sick from various things. And or it, with the same symptoms and nobody knew what it was. And it turned out, I think it was Rocky Mountain spotted fever, which is a tick-borne disease. That's what you told me. And so they, that was discovered through this research facility. But now they, you know, get viruses from all over and play with them for whatever godforsaken reason they think they need to do this. And, um... Anyway, so it was stuff like that, though. I'm like, well, of course they did. I it doesn't the fact that our federal government lied to us for two years before admitting this sort of thing very quietly is not surprising to me, even remotely. The things that I now believe that our government is capable of <laughs> after three years of of looking more carefully at the government um, is not surprising to me at all. And where I'm going with this is if you have listened to any podcasts or read any things about the invisible powers <clears throat> that Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab are the faces of 
they really want a one world government and have in some places apparently admitted that it will take World War Three to usher in enough destruction and enough chaos and enough breaking down of societal order in order to then convince people to rebuild with a one world order and one gov- one system of currency, which is why there are a lot of uh, tinfoil hat sort of people who are really convinced that we need to be working on Bitcoin more because it's completely uncontrollable by governments. And anyway, all that to say, I'm like, I am... 100% believe that World War Three is coming sooner rather than later. I don't know. I don't. I don't really have the mental energy to try to parse out what Iran, what role Iran has in it, what role Russia has in it. There are going to be has. there are going to be wars and rumors of wars through the end of time until Christ returns. Every time He's there's a war, there is a there is somebody who wants to create their government. They want to rule their world and make it the empire. I mean, and we also, saw this with the Romans and the Babylonians well, and, not and the just Russians. That, but, and but in modern Western history, we see that wars are started by people, either deliberately or not deliberately, who are tr- trying to profit from it. Trying oh, to profit sure. financially mm-hmm. as well as power-wise. Yeah. And so, when I look at something like, like the Ukraine, having learned, like, like it seems like if you study the history of World War One, uh, maybe American financiers like the Rockefellers were stood to profit and they actually did profit from the slave labor that the mm-hmm. Jews in the in the Holocaust camps. I read something or watched something recently about the Rockefeller family heirs and stuff with Ukraine and it made a lot of sense but I don't remember what it was yeah so so anyway all that all that to say this sermon and the exhortation to eat this scroll was such a balm to my heart because I was like all I have to do is to make God's word such a part of my being with make that my primary focus in life, make that my primary focus in parenting. Uh, And not, you know, I'm not saying to the exclusion of other things, but as we work, as we do, as we educate our kids, as we clean the house, as we listen to the same music over and over, are we shaping our minds in such a way that we're not, we're not uh, angry because we believe that there is a God who is bigger than all the globalists out there. And he is just and he will perfectly execute justice in his time. So we're not spinning around in anger. And we're not spinning around in fear. Because we have this, you know, to use your your old show, Dead Reckoning, we are anchored. And whatever way the wind blows, which we have no idea... What it will be. Whichever government comes into power and takes away our rights. Well, I mean... We're anchored, you guys. Yeah, well, I mean, truly. Like, one of the things that's really interesting and unique about the geography of the United States is that we have not really... I mean, 9-11 was so shocking because war was brought to us. Other than some brief skirmishes... A long time ago, on the Mexico border and the Canadian border, 
Our only war on our land has been brother against brother. And if, if we can avoid that, uh, what, what would happen next would be shocking. But I think China is, you know, dreaming of this would be a land invasion of the United States. I don't or, know I mean, can even or there's, oh, this. they're, they outgun us by far right now. They are. Societally, they're a mess, though. Look at the silliness in our American military. Right, we're just as bad. No, we're but. worse. They're, they're very serious about their military machine. And also, there are, there are crazy estimates, and I'm not even going to cite numbers other than to say some people think in the hundreds of thousands of jihadis who have flooded across the southern border and are embedded in cells across the United States. That I believe. Um, so what I'm saying is we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when. We don't know how crazy it's going to be. We don't know where. The United States is a really big place. Uh, what we do know is that God calls us to anchor ourselves in him and whatever happens he will equip us to respond well because we have so thoroughly uh uh formed ourselves into understanding and knowing who he is and what he calls us to do in difficult uncertain scary challenging times so one final kind of theological thought I've been having this week is the Kizz's hymn for the week was the Battle Hymn of the Republic because it was written during the Civil War and we just wrapped up the Civil War last week and so I played it for him I read the story of it it was written by a You'd woman You'd say it's a Christian hymn? It's got, have you never heard the Battle Hymn of the Republic? Oh, my eyes have seen the glory of, of the, the coming of, of the Lord. Lord. Yeah, I just kind of assumed it was a... Uh... Boy, talk about a meshing of church and state on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it to the nationalists. It, Give it to the nationalists. It Give is... it to the Christian nationalists. Okay, here's the really interesting <laughs> Sorry. thing. I'll let you get to your story. No, I mean, that's exactly it. That's exactly it, actually. Uh, you maybe will lose listeners over this. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gal. Don't care that much. So on that note, there's a gal that I follow who's an independent journalist, and she's trying to cover the presidential elections from a an interesting perspective instead of mainstream media. And so she's done a number of things with RFK. She's gone to Trump insider things. Uh, I don't think she was a Democrat before 2020, I'm pretty sure. But and now she's like, I just want to be a free thinker and I want to I, I want politics to actually be interesting and fun again, as well as to actually understand things from journalists. And so she gets crowdfunded to go places like she went, got crowdfunded to go to <clears throat> Gwyneth Paltrow's trial when she Wow. had the trial where she'd hit the guy skiing and I mean and so this gal is like commenting on body language and Gwen's style in court and the other guy's style and body language and she's hilarious and also very interesting to follow her Instagram handle if you're wondering is house inhabit h-o-u-s-e inhabit is one word well it's all one are word are you inhabiting it's an, something or are you in a habit I don't know habit or bad habit I don't know 
Yeah, but that's her Instagram handle. I have no idea the the reason for it. I don't even remember why I started following her. But she's raising four boys somewhere in California, and they're certainly not Christians. But And she often takes her boys with her on these trips. So she brought her youngest with her to visit the Kennedy compound uh, on the East Coast. And she also did some interview work with Robert F. Kennedy while she was there that she's releasing on her Substack. All this to say, apparently Laura Loomer sent her a t-shirt, and I don't even remember what the t-shirt said, but her son wore it to school and got sent to the principal's office over his (laughs) t-shirt. And she posted a picture, this kind of artsy-fartsy picture of her son wearing the t-shirt, and over the weekend lost 20,000 followers because she would allow her son to wear a shirt, a pro-Trump shirt, basically. And she's like, who cares what teenage boys are wearing yeah, these right. days? So anyway, all that to say, we were, we will not, I guarantee you, we will not lose 20,000 followers. We over... don't even have 20,000. You guys, this that. is a fun fact. Total random sideline. I was doing a bunch of research this last week for my business plan. Uh, to kind of develop, help develop some strategies and things. And I learned that the average podcast. Across all podcasts. Across all podcasts. The average podcasts, the average podcast has 150 listeners or thereabouts. That's the average. We're way above average. So, I mean, it's weird to think about the fact that most, most podcasts uh, just don't have like you look That's at a lot of work that people are putting in to, yeah. especially considering that But the ones that go huge, by... go huge. I mean, they get really big. Yeah. Um, but S- to get there is a lot of work. Speaking of one that's gone huge, uh, Ali Stuckey had a podcast interview recently with Kat Von D, who apparently was on Miami Inc. and LA Inc. And she recently became a Christian. And she, when she was starting to explore, she grew up as the daughter of missionaries who were of Argentinian descent, became missionaries to Mexico. Then they moved to the States to raise their kids. And uh, anyway, so she knows she knew the Bible, but she wanted to start studying again because everything else that she was looking into was failing her. And she somehow came across Allie Stuckey's Instagram and messaged her asking for a study bible recommendation and ali recommended the esv study bible Mm -hmm. and so that's what this heavily tattooed uh woman read and and was posted a video on her instagram channel of being baptized and wanted people to really know where she stood and wanted to be very evangelical about that i mean in the evangelistic sense because she felt like she had led people into new agey stuff and confusion so much anyway i don't know the numbers but ali was like uh this podcast because people are so interested in kat von d Mm -hmm. she gained a huge amount of audience Mm. for that particular podcast episode but if you guys are into just really encouraging the lord working in mysterious ways episodes the ali stucky podcast with kat von d is just really uplifting and interesting to spend an hour of your day doing so back to the battle hymn of the republic i'm reading reading through i'm curious to hear what you have to say because i'm i'm now reading through the uh the lyrical 
the first published version of the lyrics. So I have a, an opinion and a thought. Okay. But wanted you to carry on with your story. So the story, uh, from from what we learned in school, this writing of the Battle Hymn of the Republic was this woman and her husband and her pastor were visiting <clears throat> some Union soldiers during the Civil War. And the Union soldiers were singing a really catchy tune. A, and the words were about... Uh, uh, was it Johnny something? Was it John of uh, John's body or uh, no? Sorry, not John, um, John Brown's body. Yes, and I believe that had to do with like an abolitionist who was killed or something. Anyway, it so it was kind of a union. They were using they were using the O Brothers tune and the Glory Hallelujah chorus. So so they're singing this song about John Brown's body, and her pastor turns to her if I understand the story correctly, and says, somebody needs to rewrite that catchy tune with better lyrics. And she thought about it. She went home. She woke up in the middle of the night with lyrics just pouring through her brain, picked up a piece of paper and a pencil and scratched out what essentially became the Battle Hymn of the Republic and was able to go back to sleep and sleep the rest of the way through the night. And so this has caught on and even... Um, after 9-11, there was a prayer gathering, a national prayer thing where Billy Graham spoke and like some choir of people, possibly a military choir sang the battle hymn of the Republic with the understanding that there is evil and America is God's instrument for bringing about justice against evil in the world. So even as recently as 2001, the Battle Hymn of the Republic has been used as a national rallying cry. Uh, essentially, and this is where I'm going to get uh, go from stating facts to my opinion, essentially claiming that God is on the side of America because we are we are right. We are on the good side. And um, there is a, uh, to say, to, it's essentially synonymous to say when America goes to war, God is going to war against evil. And as you're, I don't know what the original lyrics are. I know, I, after we listened to it and I played it for the kids, I had in my head for like, four or five days because it's a super catchy tune and the lyrics are indeed very inspiring feeling. Um, yeah, I, I read through the first public published version and I, so read the first verse. Okay. Read the first verse. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. Okay, read. How many How many verses are there? There's a couple. Okay, I'll read, read, I'll like, read, read like two more. I have read a fiery gospel writ in burnished rows of steel. As ye deal with my contemners, so with you my grace shall deal. Let the hero born of woman crush the serpent with his heel, since God is marching on. In the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his bosom that transfigures you and me. As he died to make men holy, let us die to make men free while God is marching on. Um, 
Is that the last verse? That was the last verse. Okay. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know what she was going for, but it feels like Battle Hymn of the Republic is largely just a bad title for it. Exactly. Like there's, yes, that's exactly my thought. This is a overtly Christian hymn pointing to the gospel, not talking about... Except for as he died to make men holy, so we die to make men free. That would be the only line That would line be the only line. That, that I would the say only is line. problematic. I 100% agree with you, but it's not just the wrong title. And I use this phrase laughing because it's a very woke phrase. The title is extremely problematic. It's not just the wrong title, but it takes biblical language of what God is doing in all of the world. It basically, it, it is extremely biblical language. Almost every line is straight out of the prophets or revelation. Um, but God is this is nothing to do with the Republic. Nothing. And to think that it does creates a whole host of problems about our identity as citizens of what? I kind of like I'm reading. There's another version. There's another version that, uh, sorry, not another version. Her original manuscript had this notable final line that didn't include in the published version. He is coming like a glory of the morning on the wave. He is the wisdom. He is wisdom to the mighty. He is succor to the brave. So the world shall be his footstool and the soul of time his slave. Our God is marching on. So there's a line there that could be construed too. But I feel that, like... That one is actually fantastic. I feel a little bit like... Um, like it's just this... If you if the stereotypes I have of the the women's temperance movement in the Prohibition era and seeing caricatures of that so time period. So this is like 50 years before yeah, that. And seeing caricatures yeah. of preaching from the era and what it was like to be a quote unquote Christian or whatever. Um, it seems like a lot of these people just were way too... Okay, remember in that era, Westminster Seminary was also founded. So so there was an undercurrent of faithfulness. There was an undercurrent of faithfulness, and then somebody went way too far with it, too hard. That sounds like every era of, of humanity, human history. Right? I know, this is too hard. Like, too right far, too now, hard. there are Christians who know Ugh. what their role in the world and in their country is, and they want to be good citizens, and they are patriotic because... You know, countries are like big families and you, your duty before the Lord is to look after your family. The duty of a president is to look after the family, to protect the borders because borders, I mean, Walt Whitman didn't mean this when he said good fences make good neighbors, but good, more, good borders do make good neighbors. Um, but there are Americans right now who do not understand that distinction appropriately and there no. are a lot of americans Amer godly americans who do we're just not the loudest voices because we're busy eating the we're word busy doing productive things exactly yeah. we're eating our scrolls and we're, baking we're... our rolls <laughs> and... and okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna end i'm not, with... a, I'm not a, a rapper yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i would love to carry that on and i'm just like my mind is so focused on if you were Making to call fun of it trolls, well, yeah, <laughs> that is maybe not as fruitful as the other I don't two. Know. Yeah. Um, uh, 
If That's you, probably going to be the title of the episode. The battle... Eating scrolls and making rolls. <laughs> and, and making fun of trolls. <laughs> no, just eating scrolls and making <laughs> rolls. Um, if you were to sing this as a as an Easter hymn, or even as a um, pen, Pentecost hymn, or if you're in a really traditional church that celebrates the... Um, the What's the word I'm looking for? When Jesus goes up into heaven. What's that... 40 days after he Transfiguration. Arrived. No, that's oh, when... sorry. Uh, Ascension. Ascension. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is an... Yeah, this is an Ascension Sunday hymn. You know? Um, oh, yeah. That that Jesus goes up, and Paul promises that he will come back in the same way that those apostles watched him disappear into the clouds. There will not be a secret rapture. We might lose more followers over this, but I'm just going to put that out there. Jesus is going to back in full glory, and everyone on earth is going to see it all at once. And we will sing, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the, they said vintage, but I've always heard vineyards where the grapes of wrath are stored. He has loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible great sword. My God is marching on. That is what we stake our lives on right now. The fact that that God of justice and glory is coming back and all the crazy in the world is going to melt away at his terrible wrath that is absolutely just and that those of us who are covered by the blood will not suffer that terrible wrath but we will suffer a lot until that comes because he also promised that to us um it is a fantastic inspiring hymn if you understand it as a hymn in the appropriate context and it doesn't have none of that biblical language has anything to do with the republic it's the battle hymn of the kingdom it's the battle hymn of the returning king it's not the battle hymn of any country america or not and so i just think it's so funny that you were like great hymn terrible title because that's exactly <laughs> the conclusion i came to it just it took you about 30 seconds to come to that conclusion. It took me about three days of thinking about it to come to the same conclusion. But yeah, that's funny. With that, um, we, you guys, in three weeks, are having a Christmas open house at our house. Oh, yeah. Only for local Too no, Busy to Flush. No, I'm going to change for any and every too busy to flush fan, because if there you, you want to fly in, fly in. We It'd will. Be great. We Drive will over. even. We can, we we can find places for you to stay. Yeah, we will find housing for you if you want to come in from wherever wherever you are. So we on Saturday, December sixteenth, from I think I settled on three to seven, or whenever everybody leaves. No, I'm going to put up a sign that says "Please leave by eight so mm-hmm. I can put my kids to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, or whenever, you know what? We'll move, I'll move the party out to the shop. I was going to say, go play air hockey out in the shop. You know something coming from your eye right Yeah, there? I feel like my eyes, like I got punched or something over here, because it's just... Is it itchy or swollen? No, it's, it's not itchy at all. It feels oh. like it's bruised. Huh, maybe you did get punched in judo. My eyes have been a little bit itchy for the last few days. It's called pink eye. And I have a cold, but because... Our kids at church talk about pink eye so much. I've been putting <clears throat> drops of silver in my eye mm-hmm. just in case it is pink eye. Oh, I hate putting stuff in my eyes so much. I, I don't. I put contacts in every day, so it's not a big thing to put a drop of silver in each eye. I'm sure I put contacts in every day. It'd be fine, but I don't. Um. So anyway, back to what we were saying. 
Uh, if you don't know where we live, this is our our way of getting RSVPs, so we know. I mean, maybe we only have, <laughs> may, maybe you know. What was it Deke here? Deke's in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and his family are in town. There, you know, if all else fails, the topes. Your parents and my parents will be here because be they listen. <laughs> We're not going to invite them yeah. anywhere except for when they listen to us here or on Telegram. Uh, so RSVP to us in whatever way you feel like that JR will be able to share with you in just a minute. Uh, I'm thinking the menu, feel free to bring something to contribute. Our menu will be pumpkin chili that I've talked about on the show, sourdough bread, um, probably maybe Titus's famous cookie, maybe with some christmas m&ms on it might make some ginger beer make a batch of homemade ginger beer or a couple batches maybe add some festive cranberry flavoring to some of them uh anyway uh it's gonna i'm going to try to make the menu and wine red wine will flow like a river maybe uh i maybe some mold wine uh i am going to try to make all of the food stuff that i talked about and regularly oh, share about on the show um Anyway, so Saturday, December 16th from 3 to 7, and please RSVP. And if you and don't know where we live, that's because, how you get our address. And because Thomas has threatened to fly out, fly down from Alaska, um, I am probably going to try and hold my uh, kind of guys whiskey and cigar thing that same weekend. So if you're into that sort of thing. Sounds good. Yeah, Molly's gonna have her cane box on that Monday night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys not... get the full, the full experience right off the bat. That's uh, no my my first cane box with all too busy to flush people happened on Tuesday and it was wonderful. Is it, it still too fun. late for new people to join? It is not. And Marie, I think I might have the wrong email address for you. So if you're listening, Marie, uh, maybe send us another message because. Um, if you if you've decided that you don't want to do it, that's fine. Um, I'm not trying to call you out, but I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm but I'm totally actually, calling you out. No, right I'm, now. I'm not calling you out. I'm saying I'm wondering if I have the wrong email address for you because I have not been able to. Did you I get a bounce heard, back? I have. I didn't get a bounce back, oh. but I haven't heard back from her after a couple of messages. Well, maybe. Maybe um, life has been. She's been too busy to respond. Ha. Ah. <laughs> 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 um. I that. That's all I have. I think I need to go check my rolls and see how they're how they're baking. Me and my bad jokes. And um, this is your cue to tell people how they can get a hold of us. Oh, right. Or no, by... I was just I was reading an email like somebody you must have responded to somebody um, on Sunday because I was like, what? Who's re and then it was you. Sorry. So I was looking through my my emails um oh, to see if all I... right so yes if you do want to get a hold of us and find out where we live you can do that a couple different ways one you can jump on our website too busy to flush.com all grammatically correct or tb the number two f.com tb2f.com scroll down send us a postcard there while you're there uh make sure to stock up on some christmas gifts like um uh some people are weird and hard shirts mugs uh, coffee mugs, maybe even uh, a Too Busy to Flush hat or t-shirt. Uh, one of my goals, uh, one of my plans. I keep saying this forever, but I need to get that updated. So uh, the other way you can do that is doing how you can just e heat a, hit up. I need to restart this all over again. <laughs> you can hit us up via email, tb2f at pm.me, papamike.me, 
where you can jump on our Telegram group, where we have a whole smattering of people from all around the United States at this point. I'm, I don't know if anybody's from globally or not. Um, I know we do have a global audience, but um, if you are interested in participating in that community and checking out that conversation, the link is in the show notes as well. And don't forget, I'm drinking it again, drinking my peak tea. I've got a discount code down there, referral code for... Uh, for uh, about 10 bucks off or something. So check that out when you have a chance. We also, if you guys are coming up, like I know I'm, I'm this is bad, I realize, because it's a Christian, you know, it's a, sorry, commercialism sort of American, you know, earthly stuff thing. But if you do, uh, if you are interested in stocking up on some Christmas presents and things, we are going to be including some links to some of our favorite items that we use around the house, and there might be a sale on one of those. So husbands, if you want to buy your wife that milk frother, link is in the show notes. I was also thinking that I might put together a list of games and kid gifts oh, yeah. that our kids like. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, that's a really common thing but that people do. But uh, in case you're interested, what our nerdy little feral children yes. do for fun. And it is all, most of it's all Amazon associate links because we do make a little bit of money when you buy that stuff. We really appreciate it um, because, you know. All this takes time and, and money and energy. Um, the biggest way you can show us thankfulness, though, is sharing us with somebody you know. So if there is somebody you, uh, you're digging, uh, you, a show you dig or something, and you want to send it to a friend, um, we'd love to be introduced to some of your friends and other folks. And then while you're on Apple, specifically, you know, shoot us a rating. Give us a little, get a little review. Um, helps the algorithms and all the thingies like that. So... That said, we're weekly, inconsistently weekly. Molly, we'll figure out a time, won't we, babe? We Dear, will do our lover? best. We'll do our best. Do our best. We don't miss other things in life. We should miss this. I recording. know. Okay. Now that now that I'm not running around um, the property, you know. Like a chicken with your head cut off? Yeah. We haven't done any of those yet. Chickens with their heads cut off. No. It'll be traumatic haven't. for our kids when we butcher our chickens. No, our kids are pretty tough. No. Elise has already claimed she's not going to eat our chickens that she knows the names of. Oh my gosh. We'll see. Anyway. <sighs> um, it out. So, yeah. All that said, we hope that we will be able to be blasting into your ears uh, next week. 